Welcome back, listeners, to another exciting episode of Bills and Beers, the Buffalo Bills preview podcast here from the Bills backers of Chicago, Illinois. A full house tonight. The gang is all here. Cassie has returned from her honeymoon. Cass, say hello. Hello. So we used to refer to you as the lovely Miss Cassie Ozark, and you guys uh, couldn't help but detect a little bit of uh, satisfaction in that post-honeymoon voice. Uh, we used to refer to you as um, the lovely Miss Cassie Ozark. How shall we call you now? Um, the lovely Miss Cassie Hutton. Okay, well, the, la- the lovely Miss Cassie Hutton is with us fresh off her honeymoon. Uh, she is now officially wed uh, to our boy Jay, and also here to my immediate right, Billy the Kid Nichols tonight. Hello, I was just going to correct you that I was to your left, but I am actually to your right. And uh, how you doing, Lars? How you doing, everybody? Wrong as always, Bill. And uh, rounding out the crew tonight, the president of the Chicago Bills backers, Sujit. What up? Listen, Bill, you know, if you make an, uh, put your thumb and index finger up on your left hand, it makes an L just like a left. That's always a great way to remember. We started last week uh, thanking all of our listeners for uh, tuning in, and then a dramatic spike in listenership the last week. I don't know if we uh, had a bot discover our podcast, but we had something like 867 hits uh, from last week's episode. So I don't know if that's all of our listeners each telling four friends, but if that's the case, tell four more. Subscribe on iTunes, and we're going to talk right now about how these Buffalo Bills, after the tragic win in New Orleans, are going to rattle off seven straight. Go Bills. What did I say? Tragic loss. So no real shocker, the Bills came away from New Orleans with a big fat check in the L column. Uh, It was not exactly as close as we would have hoped it was. We didn't really have many answers for Drew Brees, but so it goes. Um, Most of us had pretty low hopes going in, but uh, Cass, you're back. Who is your Genesee Cream Ale bummer of last week's loss? Oh, goodness. You're throwing it right over to me. Um, I think on Sunday I said I'd, I wasn't a big fan of Doug Marone on, the, on that game. I, the, for some reason, I was giving him my bummer of the week. I, I think maybe it was just... The challenges. Ah, the challenges. That's what it was. Thank you. Yes. Asinine challenges. That's all. I mean, I mean, he he's up there with Greg Williams, who we thought challenged gravity at some point. Well, uh, and to go along with that, though, you know who would agree with you is Doug Marone himself, uh, who said in his post-game press conference that they have to, quote, change the process. Uh, in this case, I guess that means don't listen to your players who tell you to challenge. The second one, I can kind of see why he did it, because they were desperate to get the ball back. But they were both bad challenges, especially from a fan's point of view. But how about this? For that Freddie Jackson challenge, did you guys think it was a little suspicious that there were only two camera angles on that and that we didn't get the reverse sideline end zone camera that we normally get, uh, which would have clearly shown him two feet in the end zone? But oh well, water under the bridge. Bill, coming to you next. Who was the Genesee Cream Ale bummer of last week's game? Did Robert Woods do anything? Nope. No. Again. Again. Where is he? That's is he on our team? And he's, why was he... He's waiting for EJ to come back. And why would... Okay, he's mic'd up. So he's my... Gen, Robert Woods is my Genesee Cream Ale uh, uh, bummer of the week. And even more of a bummer is his ridiculous, horrible, ridiculously horrible performance on mic'd up on buffalobills.com. It was the most boring mic'd up I've ever seen in my life. He didn't even say anything. It was just like him running around <laughs> and then... Uh, 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 uh. 
they they must edit the bejesus out of those because I they they so. do manage to piece together two and a half minutes of nothing most most weeks. Um, and for the most part, most of those mic'd ups have been pretty lousy. But a bad pick at the onset, knowing that he hasn't done anything since EJ hasn't been the quarterback. What did they expect him to do in New Orleans? Who knows? Suge, coming over to you now. Genesee Cream Ale bummer of Sunday's game. I would like to echo the uh, Robert Woods. That was my pick last week. Echo, 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 echo. Although I will say, uh, just on a side note about the um, mic'd up, they did catch Mario Williams losing his mind talking about, I'm going to bite you. I'm going to bite you. <laughs> so uh, they had that going. <laughs> Did you all not see that? No, okay, exactly. I haven't lost my mind. But um, <laughs> my Jenny Cream Ale Bummer of the Week definitely goes to Thad Lewis. You know, I think he got my hopes up uh, after, uh, wow. you know, a few good games. But, I mean, some of those overthrows were, you know, something that Fitzpatrick, even if he had his wedding ha- band on the throwing hand, uh, were, were, were way over people's heads. And, you know, just some bad decisions. He had, what, three, four turnovers? Um, I mean, three turnovers, but two, four... Two fumbles and an interception. Yeah, yeah including a fumble on the very first play from scrimmage. Right, exactly. I mean, like, you know, we're not expecting him to be a game-changer, uh, but we're expecting him to not lose the game. And I think he effectively, uh, with a lot of other things, but he was a huge component of why we lost that game. It's really hard to pick somebody other than Thad Lewis for the bummer of the week, but I suppose I have to. I'm actually going to go out on a limb because expectations have been set so high and I don't recall much from his performance. I'm going to give mine to Freddie Jackson. We went into that game knowing that we had to run the ball to be effective. And I know Deshard Choice got nicked up. CJ didn't even play. And, you know, we had Ronnie Wingo up from the practice squad. He didn't get any touches. So Fred Jackson had a big load to carry. And quite frankly, he didn't really carry it. So uh, penalties and a bunch of other things really set this team back. And it was a tough game to watch. But there were some fun parts of the game, too. So, I'm so going to disagree with you on the Fred Jackson. When they're putting eight or nine people in the box, because that's the only thing we're going to do because our quarterback hasn't even gone gotten behind them, I, of course they're going to stop our run. Okay, well. See, and I honestly, I think Thad Lewis gets a pass uh-huh. for, for any sort of, like, bummer of the week. The dude, like, you, you have to have low expectations for the guy. Yeah, but there are some things that he does. I mean, you gave yours to Robert Woods. I mean, know that Robert Woods has disappeared because of Thad Lewis completely. He's open a lot, and Thad Lewis is, is just flat out missing him. And I think the the other side of that is that, you know, it's one thing Robert Woods didn't do anything, but Thad Lewis actually actively did things that made us lose the game. Um, and, which, granted, that's part of being a quarterback, but that's part of being a quarterback, you know? I mean, we all decided that Jeff Toole was arguably the worst player in the NFL based on his performance for less than a half after a short week where E.J. Manuel didn't even get uh, a full amount of snaps. So, therefore... Jeff Toole got essentially zero snaps. And based on that performance, we decided that he could never, ever play in the NFL again. So, uh, you know, Jeff, uh, Thad Lewis has been with the team now for three weeks. He got a full week of practice. And uh, people were open, and they put eight people in the box. You need to be able to take advantage of that. He had receivers wide open that he missed. So but we do have to find some positive in Sunday's game. And Cass, I'm coming back to you here. Who was your Labatt Blue MVP of Sunday's loss? Oh, goodness, back to me again. Um, I'm going to go with, <laughs> let's so see. Pleasant, as for always, goodness. Um, you know what, I'm going to go with the, the defensive line, predominantly the- Mario Williams. I, I thought that the defense kept us in there a majority of the game. And 
when you play the, you know, when you play Drew Brees, you got to put seven up when they put seven up, which is what our offense wasn't doing. But our defense was making stops, and, you know, when you're on the field for that amount of time, you're going to get tired and, and wear down at the end. But I, I'm going to go with Mario and then the defensive line. Okay. Suge, over to you this time. Uh, I think my Labatt Boo player of the week is a guy who's all heart, and that's Stevie Johnson. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm so tired of people because he has some cr- crucial drops or just more than anything else, memorable drops. You know, I think that's that's the biggest thing. But this is a guy that's hobbling around on one leg. Uh, I remember reading on a bunch of the boards, they're saying, oh, you know, he needs to be taken out of the game, he needs to be taken out of the game. He's the only person that was making third down catches, um, you know, and some of which were quite athletic catches. That touchdown pass was a horrible throw. He yeah. reached behind himself to, to catch that, that, that. But yeah, he was wide open and the ball went, he, it made it look like a much more tight pass because of where the ball was thrown. Um, but, you know, this guy's hobbling around on one leg and yet he's still making third down catches, still moving the chains and going over the middle. It's not like he's catching something off uh, out of the sidelines. I think that Stevie Johnson gained himself a lot of credibility after last week's game. Bill, which Labatt Blue MVP wet your whistle on Sunday? Mm. My Labatt Blue MVP of the week was, without a doubt, Mr. <laughs> Nickel Roby. Oh, yeah. I was just about to call him Reggie Roby, and I realized that that's a, a shout-out to the, uh, yeah, the Dolphins punter uh, back in the early 90s. But, uh, yeah, Nickel Roby, um, you know, has emerged <laughs> – he has emerged and found himself in the past couple of weeks here, um, and uh, it's great that he's you know one of those players where he sees the opportunity when other guys are down and injured, uh, and he's you know stepped up and now especially as Gilmore is uh, uh, you know back in his regular position, uh, Roby's putting a place uh, where he's able to to make some more plays and be even more confident. So I expect more big plays for him in the coming weeks. Uh, and uh, that is, uh, there was one pass, of course, that went just past his uh, his hands um, that some people were, uh, you know, blaming him for. Oh, hell Thought no. it was great defense. The first, the first touchdown. What can you do? The first no, the, touchdown. the long pass. Oh, he got beat, but he had no safety coverage over the top. So, what are you gonna do? Well, uh, and likewise, Bill, you mentioned his name, and yeah. we haven't we haven't yet uh, talked about him in a positive light, but. Uh, the stats don't lie, and on Sunday, his receiver had zero catches for zero yards, and that, of course, is Stephon Gilmore. Uh, he is back doing what we expected him to. He is shutting down an entire one half of the field, and because of that, um, you know, the Saints had to look to their second and third and fourth weapons, and that's what put Nikel Roby in the spotlight, and unfortunately, he just couldn't come up big, And but quite frankly, that's what the Saints do to a lot of teams, but uh, Stephon Gilmore and whoever was on assignment for uh, Sproles. Uh, I don't know specifically who that was, but uh, we managed to shut down their number two or their, their top two weapons. Unfortunately, their third and fourth weapons are just as good, if not better, than most other teams, especially when Drew Brees is back there hucking the ball. Well, uh, moving on, uh, non-conference loss, no big deal. Uh, this week, coming home, the whiteout against the 8-0 Kansas City Chiefs. C.J. Spiller still uh, is questionable for Sunday's game. We don't know what's going on there, but I think we're feeling pretty confident about this chip, <clears throat> about this Chiefs game. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get right into it. Freudian slip. 
Chiefs coming to Buffalo. It's the whiteout this Sunday. They're 8-0. We don't know who our quarterback's going to be. Doug Marone, not really good at hiding his hand to the media, says that Thad is 50-50 to go, which means he's probably quite likely to go. Uh, and given the rest of our quarterbacking choices right now with EJ not playing, it's probably best. Uh, but, Suge, I guess we'll start with you this time. Um, what are the keys to victory on Sunday's game? Can Thad handle this tenacious Kansas City defense? We're probably going to lose this game to Kansas City. Um, I think that everybody think is feeling optimistic about Kansas City because they say that, oh, look who they've played. they played all bad teams. The problem is that we are one of those bad teams. Uh, we're not a horrible team. We've been worse. That's not saying a lot. But, you know, we are certainly not an elite team. Uh, they beat up on Cleveland, who destroyed us, or at least beat us pretty good. Uh, granted, that was with... You know, Jeff Toole, but who do we have now? <laughs> we have Thad Lewis. <laughs> Good Lord. Thad can't handle the D. So I'm going to say that Thad probably can't handle the D. I think that if we don't score a lot of points with our... Um, um, if we don't score a lot of points with our special teams and defense, we're in big, big, big trouble. Um, that being said, I love the Buffalo. So... Suji, there's there's one thing you you seem to have lost a, a a last decade of the Buffalo Bills, and one thing that they have done very well to us is bring us down and build us back up. Usually, the build up doesn't happen until two weeks before the draft, though. Let's let's just. Well, I mean, I mean, is there any other team that's been better about being in the hunt with actually <laughs> getting into the sure. hunt? Sure. So, like just in the hunt. Just in the hunt, like. <laughs> Making it there. But let's be fair. The NFL keeps those stats up. They put that stuff up every game. It's like, oh, in the hunt. And, like, the team's, like, six games behind. And so, like, yes, mathematically you're in the hunt. But based on the way that you've been playing that season, you ain't in no hunt. All right, all right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to completely usurp this conversation right now because I think you guys are being way too overly dramatic about the Kansas City Chiefs. I think their defense is beat up on some lousy quarterbacks. And, yes, we have Thad Lewis playing, and it's certainly not – an ideal scenario. If C.J. Spiller comes back, it's going to be a different story. On the flip side, they have one guy on their offense who's done anything this year, and that's Jamal Charles. If we can stop him, we keyed in, as we mentioned in the Saints portion, we keyed in on their offensive stars and shut them down. If you can shut down Jamal Charles, you're literally shutting down half of their offense. He is both their leading receiver and their leading rusher. I have confidence we can do so, and Alex Smith isn't going to be a world beater. If we can get to him and force him to make mistakes, this game can stay really tight. It's the whiteout. The crowd is going to be going nuts. And after this game, this schedule lightens up tremendously. This is a big hump for our team to get over. Doug Marone was showing some serious enthusiasm in the Monday press conference. He's going to have this team ready. He's going to have them fired up. I'm feeling pretty good about Sunday's game. Cass? Like, I I, I share your sentiments. I, I, I... I feel like this is the, the time where we get built back up again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was a pretty depressing scene Sunday at the bar. Uh, open tables. Well, not open tables, but Already? lots of, no, lots, no, of no. lots of space. Lots of space. Wasn't Maneuver. Standing room only wasn't standing room only. So, uh, but I, I, I agree. I, I, CJ, if he comes back, I, even if he doesn't come back in this game, he comes back in the game after that against Pittsburgh, I want to see him back. I am in so old form. in old form in, in what we've seen from him last year because I don't know. I, I, I know that Freddie's, I think, done a good job stepping up, but it would be really good for the team to see CJ come back, carry the load, and kind of bring some excitement back into the team. Well, with that in mind, and Bill, we'll get over to you here in a quick sec. 
Um, Suge, you mentioned that uh, Stevie Johnson was on one leg, okay? I think we'd all agree that Stevie's probably our most reliable receiver, probably one of our most important offensive weapons. C.J. Spiller has been out for, you know, if you really want to add it up, two and a half weeks now. We're also minus our starting quarterback. So, in essence, we have our three most important offensive players have been on the shelf for the last month. And Fred Jackson's injured. And Fred Jackson's nicked up, too. And we have Thad Lewis, a former practice practice squad Duke University quarterback out there. I think in the future is looking bright if this team can come back and get healthy. So I with, I'm with you there, Cass. Um, Bill, how do you feel about this Sunday? I would say that our offense is going to make some mistakes. And those mistakes are, uh, you know, one would normally think that we wouldn't be able to get past them and we couldn't get past them in a uh, game like uh, when we're playing a team like the Saints. But, but, who's scared of Alex Smith? Nobody. Nobody. Do you think this defense is scared of Alex Smith? Do you think the fans in Orchard Park, New York, are scared of Alex Smith? Oh, no. No. And... We're gonna get pressure on him. He's gonna be. A, he's gonna go crawl in his little scaredy cat shell. He's gonna make some mistakes, and we're gonna capitalize on those mistakes. Whereas the Chiefs are not, and that, my friends, is gonna be the difference in the game. It's tough to find talking points to discuss this team because of all the different, just completely up in the air things we have going on with injuries and everything else. So. Let's let's not waste any more time and get right into wild card and just make up some ridiculous predictions to throw out there and put out into the ether for all of Bill's Nation to enjoy. Limping now into the final section of our podcast, it is the wild card portion of the episode, gentlemen. It's the wild card! Uh, we... Are releasing this on or around Halloween, but three weeks ago we did our Halloween-themed wild cards. So uh, instead, we're going to be concentrating on a much more momentous occasion. That, of course, being Sujit's 28th birthday, which is today. Happy birthday, Sujit! Thank you. I'm at least 28, maybe 35. <laughs> <laughs> so, Suj, we'll start with you. You're the birthday boy. If you could pick any Buffalo Bills present player or coaching staff member or member of the training staff, front office, or anybody else to jump out of a birthday cake wearing a thong, who would it be and why? Well, only because he's wearing a thong. Uh, I am going to go with Marquise Goodwin because I think he is slender and sexy. Okay, good choice. Uh, I have a feeling Cass is going to go with Eric Wood. So, Cass, why don't you tell us why you would want to see Eric Wood jump out of a cake wearing a thong for your birthday? His last name, <laughs> Wood. Would that, I mean, would that seriously be something that women would be into? Like, he comes out, it's like, oh, there he is. Oh, there that is. Is that something that you guys would be into? That's another conversation for me to explain to you guys at another time. Haven't you seen that website? <laughs> um, but in reality, I think my, my choice would be uh, Stevie, ja- Stevie Johnson. I'm Stevie Jackson. Stevie Johnson. Because then he's at the party. Because you know what? He's kind of a good-looking man. I hate to say it. Why do you hate to say that? Because... Because you're, you're married now? So well, because I'm married, now. but also because he pisses me off so many times throughout the games that sometimes I want to kill him. Fair but enough. he's a good-looking man. Hey, you like him better than Donald Jones? Oh, God. DJ. You're right. I love, I love him. Wait, you mean David Donald. Nelson. Oh, D- whoa, David Nelson or Donald Jones? No, I was joking about Donald Jones. About Don- did did Donald Jones Donald Jones retired, right? He was he was the guy I was thinking of the other day that he straight up retired. He went to the yeah. No, yeah. He, he Donald Jones is 
is suffering from a very severious, severe uh, kidney disease. And so, yeah. Do you know what the disease is? I, from what I gathered, without making any type of official statements, it sounds like it might be polycystic kidney disease, but I don't know that for sure. Huh. Caught from losing games for the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> no, stop. <laughs> you don't catch it. Well, no, yeah. yeah please. <laughs> he, it's a genetic disorder. He, he can't catch anything. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Bill, in four and a half years of podcasting, finally makes a joke we can laugh at. So coming over to you, Bill. <laughs> Uh, I would just like to say that in my official role as a physician, I did not laugh at that joke. <laughs> uh, Bill, who would you want to come popping out of a cake wearing a thong for your birthday? Not Frank not. Summers. Nice. Wow. <laughs> Frank Summers. That's a big cake. Because you do, you know, you don't know what you're gonna get with that guy. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, that's you know true. He is the wild card at the wild card portion. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Scott Chandler, uh, only because, you know, thong bedam, that would have to be one giant cake for him to squeeze his six foot seven inch frame into and to come hopping out. Plus, it would have to be a very specifically colored thong because uh, men of his complexion simply don't look good in, in most colors when they're only uh, clothed from the waist down, I would know. So, let's all just go on record here that no one would choose a Jill. Period. <laughs> so, to come, come flash out my cake. My, my second choice, however, close to a Jill, would have been Russ Brandon. So, oh, we do no. have uh, predictions to get through now. Um, Bill, you're pretty confident, so let's start with you. How do you see this game panning out? Bills win the game 31 to 21. Okay, 31 21 Bills. Suge, you're the birthday boy. What do you say? It's going to be a 2020 tie. Okay. I like it. We actually have tied the Chiefs in franchise history. See? Uh, and uh, Cast, what do you think? Uh, Nailbiter, 17-16 Buffalo. 17-16. Wow. So uh, two and a half picks for the Bills so far. Let's make that three and a half. I'm going to go Bills 22, Chiefs 17. Uh, Bill's going to kick five field goals, mostly because I'm playing Dan Carpenter this week in fantasy, mm-hmm. but also because... They're not going to get a touchdown on the offense. They will, however, get one from special teams or defense because we are due. This has been a fun episode. Thanks so much for listening. Tell all your friends. Tell everybody in Bills Nation. Subscribe on iTunes. Find us at BillsAndBeers.com. Whiteout at the Ralph. Chiefs coming home. Then after that, it's seven games to lead us to the promised land. The playoffs are coming to Buffalo this year. You heard me right. Not only are we going to the playoffs, we're playing one at home. We'll tell you about it next week here on Bills and Beers. Make me wanna Shout